Well, good morning. It's good to see you this morning. It's good to be with you, to have this opportunity to worship our God together. We have a good crowd of folks with us, a lot of visitors with us this morning. want to welcome you, let you know we're excited to have you here with us this morning as we worship God and here during this moment, opening up his word and to study from it. I want to let you know, over the past three weeks, over the past three weeks, I have struggled with my throat. And uh, my son keeps telling me, Dad, you just have to, you got to let the microphone do the work. You, gotta, you, you scream every time you speak. You're a screamer. And, and I try to tell him, it's not screaming, it's projection. It's projecting. Projecting with energy. That's what it is. Projecting with energy. And, and so I'm going to try my best to let the microphone do the work, but I don't have high hopes as we get rolling that that will continue to be the case. But it is so good to see you, and it's good to be with you, and to worship our God together. My Bible is open to Galatians chapter 5. I would encourage you to do the same. Week before last, I was uh, doing a meeting in Louisville at Eastland Church of Christ. And uh, the theme for their week was on the fruits of the Spirit. And each night, Monday through Friday, I took one of the fruits of the Spirit given to us in Galatians chapter 5 and spent some time on that one particular idea. But each night, I began the lesson in reading the entirety of the context of Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 26. I, I read that same passage at the beginning of every lesson every night and then would spend the rest of my time on what, whatever you know, one fruit that I was spending my time on. And as I was preparing for those lessons and as I was reading that text even uh, throughout the week, it was just striking to me how important and significant, not just the works of the flesh, that list, the fruits of the Spirit, that list that we have there in Galatians chapter 5, but really the significance of that entire context. And as I was reading each of those, I was almost bemoaning the fact that I didn't have opportunity a couple of weeks ago to spend some time in that entirety of context as I spent you know, one particular fruit each night. And so when I came back, I I sat down and I put this lesson together to spend some time in the entirety of this passage. A, A passage that really gets us to understand the importance of being led by the Spirit or walking in the Spirit. Now, I want us to understand as we read from Galatians chapter 5 that we think about this idea of being led by the Spirit or walking in the Spirit, that ultimately we are given, uh, there's a choice to be made. We're going to read it here in just a moment, but in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17, you have on one side the Spirit that we are to be led by or the flesh, which is on the other side that we learn a very important point about those two things in verse 17. From the New King James, they are contrary to one another. That is the phrase that really was striking to me. It gets us to understand that ultimately it's one or the other. That I can't be led by the Spirit and 
led by the flesh. They are contrary to one another. It's one or the other. And so our thought process is that there's now a choice to be made. But as we think about the book of Galatians, for us this morning, certainly for those of us who are Christians, I think there's also a significant thing to understand. And one that really was singing to me over the past couple of weeks is that as Paul is writing this book, and he's giving these choices. There is a reminder that there has to be a choice made for sure. But I think the key component to this passage particularly, <coughs> excuse me, is that not necessarily is there a choice to be made. For sure there is. But for the Christian a reminder that the choice has already been made. And I think those are two very different things. It's one thing to be reminded that there's a choice. You've got to choose, led by the Spirit or to be led by the flesh. You've got to choose that. And that certainly is there. But I think there's something else when it comes to all of us as Christians. <clears throat> a reminder that that choice... You've made that choice already. You've already made that choice. It's almost like you are a Christian. So behave like one. And that's what I want us to think about. Let's read it together. <coughs> Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 13. As I'll put a throat lozenge in. Listen to it. For you, brethren, you brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. <coughs> but if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. <coughs> These are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you as in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. 
Now, I want to spend some time in thinking about this passage. I want to point out really three different things. <coughs> and it comes down to, if we as Christians are being led by the Spirit, what does that look like? Not what does it feel like, or what should it be like, but what does it look like? I think that's what this passage really is all about. It is that reminder to the Christian. This is a choice that you have made. <clears throat> this is a vow that you have made. You have said you are going to be a follower of Christ. You have put him on in baptism. You have crucified the old man. This is a choice that you have made already. <clears throat> and so in essence, what then does that choice look like? What should it look like? And for us this morning, it gives us a barometer, if you will, to know if I'm being led by the Spirit or if I'm walking in the Spirit, this is the way in which it manifests itself. And so when I look at my life, if those things that we're going to see aren't manifested, well, then the extrapolation is I'm not being led by the Spirit. I'm not walking in the Spirit. So it is an easy moment of examination. And so three things this morning. And the first is given to us at the outset. <clears throat> is that if we're being led by the Spirit, is that through love we will serve. I want to direct your attention back to verses 13 and 15. At the very outset, the reminder, you have been called to liberty... But do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. You see, Paul, he's reminding each and every one of us that as a Christian, we are a free man. We are free. Now, the question becomes, what are we free from? Well, the reality is that what we are free from is we are free from the bondage of sin. That, that sin binds us as a person of the world, we are a slave to sin. And as a Christian, I am broke free from that bondage. I'm no longer. Romans chapter 6 is a great example of a, of a passage that really pinpoints the realities of that. That sin is a shackle. It is a bondage. It is a burden. And Christ is able to relieve us of that burden. And so we are free. We are free from the bondage of sin. We are free from that. And so the admonition here is, <clears throat> don't then let your license or your liberty degenerate into license, if you will. Liberty isn't a license to sin, but to serve. And so you have this reality, serve then one another, but do so through love. Think about how many times this idea pops up in Scripture. Jesus himself, right? When asked, what, what, what then is the greatest commandment? What, what does he point to? He points to love, right? Love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. You see, Jesus points to love. And the reason that that happens because if you kind of think about it, love takes the place of all laws God ever gave. 
you shall love your neighbor as yourself, solves every single human relations problem. Every single one. Whatever scenario, whatever circumstance, whatever situation where you think about humans and their relationships and the problems that they have, love your neighbor as yourself solves all of those. It is a powerful high-level calling that we are brought to. It is a reminder that you will love. And so I want us to see how much sense that makes. We'll talk about it here in just a second, but think about the list that's given to us of the fruits of the Spirit. I mean, just think about the list that's given there. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do any of those things have an impact on my relationship with people around me? A massive impact. How I'm handling my relationship with God, it has an impact. How I'm handling my relationship with other folks. Lee read for us from John, the 15th chapter. It's a passage that I love. It, it, It gives us that illustration. It gives us that picture. God is the vine, we are the branches, right? You have this idea that as a branch, a part of the vine, that I am to bear fruit. And so you have this picture given to us. Long ago, someone reminded me, when we're talking about John 15, and that as a branch, I'm to bear fruit, a great reminder for me, something that's really helped me of understanding what that fruit is all about, is sticking in that illustration and the reality that branches don't eat the fruit. The fruit isn't for the branches. Branches don't eat the fruit. Others eat the fruit. There's benefit of others that eat the fruit. And so when we think about the fruit that we are bearing, it is for God. It is for others. Not for me. Branches don't eat the fruit. And so at the very outset of this context, you have this admonition that you are a Christian. You are led by the Spirit. And what that looks like is service to others. And so examination time. We think about our life. We think about the world that we live in. We think about our day-to-day activities What is my mindset now? What is my mindset to the people around me? Constant frustration, constant agitation, constant selfishness, lack of patience, lack of love, lack of peace, lack of kindness, lack of goodness, lack of gentleness, lack of self control. I'll tell you, every single time that I find in my mind a rotten attitude that I may have in regards to other people, it is a lack of one of these fruits of the Spirit. So before that list even comes out, it is this very simple reminder, is that through love you serve. So what does it look like to be led by the Spirit through love serve? Secondly, what does it look like to... Be led by the Spirit. 
Well, if you are led by the Spirit, if you are walking in the Spirit, you have crucified the flesh. Now, why is this important? Well, I want you to understand. Verse 16, I say then walk in the Spirit, and you're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then you have this picture in verse 17 that the fruit of this or the Spirit and the flesh are contrary to one another. You have this picture that they are contrary, they are opposite, they are against one another. And I want you to think about it this way. They are against one another because they have different appetites. How can you find out? Am I a man of the flesh or a man of the spirit? Am I being led by the flesh or being led by the spirit? One of the easiest barometers for that. What am I feeding on? What am I feeding on? You see, the old man of the flesh feeds himself with wickedness. Feeds himself with uncleanness. Feeds himself with dirtiness. But the new man, the one who is being led by the Spirit, Yearns for that which is clean. Yearns for that which is holy. So practically, what does that look like? Well, there are easy things to pull from. What am I watching? What am I listening to? What am I reading? What internet sites am I spending my time on? What are my eyes taking in? What am I ears taking in? What are my hands taking in? Where are my feet taking me? I feel like there's a kid's song we should be singing right now. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. What am I feeding on? You see, each of us that are sitting here right now, we know the answer to that. Uh, you may be sitting here and you may be saying, well, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. No, we do. We know. We, all of us do. All of us know. I'm standing up here. I know. I know what I'm feeding on. I know what I'm taking in. All of us do. Think about it this morning. But yet on the flip side, do you, do you find a life in which you are yearning for the clean? <clears throat> As Jesus will make reference hungering and thirsting for righteousness. What am I taking in? What am I feeding in? We think about this idea here, the solution to this is not just to put pit our will against the flesh. That's not what this is about. It is about yielding our will to the Spirit. Why is that important? Well, he tells us right here in this particular context that those who yields to the flesh are not inheriting the kingdom of God. Can Paul be any more blunt than what he is right here in Galatians chapter 5? You're led by the flesh. If that's the case, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. I don't, I don't know how we could say that any differently. <clears throat> I don't know how any of us here this morning can read something like that and think, well, listen, I don't know if he's fully truthful about that. Or, maybe I'll test that a little bit, or maybe I'll call his bluff on that. 
I don't think so. So this morning, I want to encourage you. Think about what it is you are feeding on. What you're filling your mind with. What you're filling your eyes with. And again, you know what that is. And you think about what it is you're putting in your mind because we are reminded here over and over and over that the old man, as a Christian, the old man has been crucified, has been put away. You have it right here in this text, chapter 5 and verse 24. <clears throat> Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh and its desires and passions. Look back one page. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. Here's a, rem- a reminder for you as well. For I, <clears throat> through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, even at the very end of this book. In chapter 6 and verse 14, another reminder, but God forbid that I should boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Over and over and over, we are reminded this is not the decision that you've made. You have crucified that man. So if that's the life we still live, if we are feeding upon the dirty, Those who are led by the Spirit do not feast on the dirty. Those that are being led by the Spirit do not feast on the unclean. They feast on the pure. They feast on the clean. And so if you are this morning analyzing your life and what your appetite is, is wickedness or it is ugliness or it is filthiness or it is dirtiness the fleshly man eats on that and so again another barometer thirdly number one love service that's how you know you're being led by the spirit you've crucified the flesh that's how you know you've been led by the spirit thirdly you bear much fruit you bear much fruit. You know, it's one thing to overcome the flesh for sure and not do evil things, but it's something very different to be led by the Spirit and do godly things. And that's what this passage is all about. I want you not to think about it solely as work. Well, sometimes we think about fruits of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is a good work. I understand what we're talking about when we reference it that way, but it's not a word that I love. And the reason I don't love that word is, listen, a machine in a factory does work. It produces a product. It does not manufacture fruit. Only something alive can do that. As Lee was reading from John chapter 15, did you notice the progression that Jesus makes note of? 
there in that passage where you have, if there's fruit, there's pruning. So there can be more fruit. Pruning. So there can be much fruit. In John chapter 2, 15, excuse me, verses 2 and 5, you have that progression for us where you have those branches that are bearing fruit are pruned so that they can bear more fruit, are pruned so they can bear much fruit. Fruit to more fruit to much fruit. But those branches that bear no fruit are cut off and thrown aside. And that's certainly not what we want to be. We want to be the branches that bear fruit. So what does that look like? What is that all about? Well, the New Testament gives us a lot of different indicators. I'm going to share a couple with you specifically that we have. We're going to go through these very quickly, but you can certainly turn two of them. For instance, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 and verse 13. Again, you have this idea. I don't want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. And so the point being made here is the people that we bring to Christ, as made mention here, is the bearing of fruit. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 and verse 22. (coughs) Romans chapter 6 and verse 22. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. And so here you have holy living. Holy living as bearing of fruit. Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15 towards the very end of this book. Romans chapter 15 beginning in verse 26. It pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. It pleased them indeed. And they are their debtors for the Gentiles have been partakers of the spiritual things. Their duty is also to minister to them in material things. Therefore, when I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I shall go by way of you to Spain. And so here, gifts brought to God specifically on behalf of other folks, given to other folks, specifically made mention of fruit. As Paul writes to the brethren in Colossae in Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, again, this phrase is found. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. The godly living that we have is a good work. And then finally in Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15, therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Our praise to God, as we have done this morning, is a fruit. You see, these things are the ways in which those who are led by the Spirit operate. And so you have this list in Galatians chapter 5, all of these incredible things, bearing much fruit. Well, the final point that's to be made, verse 25... Of Galatians chapter 5. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I've thought a lot about that verse over the last couple of weeks. It's a really interesting phrase. 
seems redundant. You know, if you live, uh, if you live to the Spirit, uh, let us also walk in the Spirit. Is that the same thing? Is that different things? I, I think the point that's being made here is to remind us that the cultivation in our life of that fruit is very important. You see, all of us know, certainly as we are here in Indiana, <clears throat> we are not the high point of the country for citrus fruit. It's not a great climate for that. As you have known, we freeze in the wintertime and it never rains and is blazing hot in the summertime, right? That's what we're having, <laughs> that's what we're having right now. It's not great for citrus. Fruit grows in a climate conducive to growth. And what a great application to close on. Fruit grows in a climate conducive to growth. So much more than what are we spending our time on. but also who are we spending our time with? What are we spending our time doing? What are we spending our time thinking about? You see, if we are to be led by the Spirit, if we are to be walking in the Spirit, that only happens in a climate conducive to fruit bearing. Because what we learn from John 15, if we are not bearing fruit, we're not being led by the Spirit because we have been chopped off and tossed aside. But if we are being led by the Spirit, again, John 15, we are bearing fruit. We are bearing more fruit. We are bearing much fruit. To give you another gardening cliche, We are clearing the weeds from our heart so that the spirit, the word, can take root and bear more fruit. And so this morning as we close, I want us to begin to think about the simplicity of this passage. And I want to remind you of two things. The first is this. Galatians chapter 5 comes across as a choice to be made. And there is a choice there for sure. But let us not lose sight that for those of us as Christians, it is a choice we have already made. It is a vow that we have made. And how foolish it is for us to have vowed allegiance to God, but yet live a life contrary to that vow. I cannot imagine a more foolish way to operate than that. Being led by the Spirit is a choice that we've already made. And then secondly, examining what it is I'm feeding on is the best way to find out if I'm being led by the Spirit or I'm being led by the flesh. And one more side point to that. We talk often about difficult, deep-level, heart-examination moments, and there are those in Scripture. But let's all be on the same page this morning. What we're talking about this morning isn't one of those. This is not 
difficult, deep-level heart examination. This is simple. Simple heart examination. What am I feeding on? Two important remembrances. Two things to think about. Two powerful points to be made from this passage in Galatians chapter 5. And as we consider that, it puts us into a position to say, what do I then want? And as we close, that's the question I want you to focus on. What is it that you want? Do you want to be led by the flesh? Where God says, will not inherit the kingdom of God? Is that what you want? I guess that's a choice you can make. My guess is, for those of us that are here this morning, that isn't what we want. But I want to be led by the Spirit. I want to spend eternity in heaven. That's what, that's what I want. <clears throat> so what's the application? If you want to be led by the Spirit, walk according to the Spirit. It's a simple choice. A simple examination. A simple adjustment. And as Kayla's about to lead us in the song of invitation, we are in a perfect spot mentally to be thinking about that very thing. What am I being led by? There's an incredible point that we've made already at the very beginning of this passage in the Galatians chapter 5, that through Christ we are released from the bondage of sin. How does that happen? Through the waters of baptism. Being crucified with Christ. Buried in the waters of baptism, raised a new creature, vowing to God your allegiance, allowing him to lead you through this life. That can be where you are this morning. If you know that's where you are this morning and you know that's a step that needs to take place, we stand at the ready to assist you with that. Or maybe in the midst of our conversations, in the midst of our study, you've come to the realization I vowed to God, but I am feeding the flesh. There is not a greater opportunity than right now to repent of that and make a change. And maybe we can help you with that as well. If in any of those circumstances we can help this morning, let us know as we stand and sing.